This is Steve Center, Lonely Guy with a Book. The book is called The Villa by Rachel Hawkins. There are really two characters we have to worry about for this book. And this is Emily and Chess. And Emily and Chess are women in their 30s who have been friends since they were 10 years old. I'm going to read a summary from Amazon.com. As kids, Emily and Chess were inseparable, but by their 30s, their bond has been strained by the demands of their adult lives. So when Chess suggests a girl's trip to Italy, Emily jumps at the chance to reconnect with her best friend. Villa Estes in Orvieto is a high-end holiday home now, but in 1974, it was known as Villa Rosato and rented for the summer by the notorious rock star Noel Gordon. In an attempt to reignite his career spark, invites up-and-coming musician Pierce Sheldon to join him, as well as Pierce's girlfriend Mary and her stepsister Laura. But he also sets in motion a chain of events that leads to Mary writing one of the greatest horror novels of all time. Laura composing a platinum album and ends in Pierce's brutal murder. As Emily digs into the villa's complicated history, she begins to think there might be more to the story of that fateful summer in 1974, that perhaps Pierce's murder wasn't just a tale of sex, drugs, and rock and roll gone wrong, but that something more sinister might have occurred and that there might be clues hidden in the now iconic works that Mary and Laura left behind. Yet the closer that Emily gets to the truth, the more tension she begins to feel developing between her and Chess. As secrets from the past come to light, equally dangerous betrayals from the present also emerge, and it begins to look like the villa will claim another victim before the summer ends. Inspired by Fleetwood Mac, the Manson murders, the infamous summer Percy and Mary Shelley spent with Lord Byron at Lake Geneva Castle, the birthplace of Frankenstein, the villa welcomes you into its deadly legacy. Okay, so I want to jump right into this. There is a trope that I do not believe we've reviewed in any of the books so far, and this is the lifelong friends who are not really friends now that they're adults. That is a fairly common occurrence you'll see in a lot of books, where people have known each other since they were little. They come back together as adults for some reason. It makes for very interesting conflict. We talked a little bit about this in The People Coming Back Home. The idea that somebody has left home and now they're, they're returning home and they've got all these interactions. But this is really different from that in that the two characters are outside of the hometown that they grew up in. And in this case, they're at a villa in Italy. So there's this juxtaposition of this beautiful uh, Italian background, which Hawkins does a great job of describing. I really wanted to go there. I wanted to vacation there. And the tension that's beginning to build because it's a very common experience that people have that when somebody's your friend when they're really young and now you're no longer young, many of the things that made you friends and brought you together don't really fit anymore. And you don't have that same kind of intimacy, especially when there's been a break in time. We watch... Emily and Chess, and it's important to note that Emily is, is our main narrator for this book. There are also kind of subsections where Mary, back in 1974, who, who wrote her famous horror novel, she narrates 
scenes from 1974. By far, our primary narrator is Emily. And Emily is not an unreliable narrator. I mean, we can trust what she's telling us, but we know she doesn't know all the facts. And in fact, it's interesting because she actually knows she doesn't know all the facts. And that is part of the angst that we feel with her and part of that struggle that we experience together. If we have a question of whether or not friends can come back together after being separated for many years, and can their friendship not only be rekindled, can it match what existed before? I think Hawkins does a great job addressing that. Of course, this is a thriller. We call it a female thriller where they're, you know, the, the primary target, if you will, is a woman. Hawkins really nails this. There's a, all the things you want from this type of book where there's deceit, misdirection. There are decoys, characters that pop up out of, not really out of nowhere, but characters that come into the story, make an appearance. You th- think maybe they have something worthwhile. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed The Misdirection. This is the first book by Hawkins that I've read, and I thought she nailed what she needed to. How is the ending? I thought the ending was really solid. When you're reading these kind of books, these whodunits, whodunit can be you know, a whole slew of Yes, there's kind of the normal murder mystery. This really isn't a typical murder mystery. We don't know where this is going. We don't know who all the good guys and the bad guys are. We're, you know, we're, we're, These things are being figured out. We need clarification. This is not a book where ambiguity would be appreciated. If you listen to any of these podcasts in the past, I don't actually appreciate much ambiguity in the ending anyway. And we get the ending that we need. The question is, is the ending true? Of course, misdirection is an important part of these kind of books. When we're reading and we're getting misdirected and then we're, you know, the real path is being shown, can we go back and identify how we got there? Is it organic? Is it natural? Or is the writer trying to pull a fast one? And Hawkins is being true. She's telling the truth in this story. Uh, ratings and final recommendation. I want to kind of clarify the ratings as I did them last year. Obviously, when you use a star rating, you know, like a three is better than a two, a four is better than a three. And that's true. But I really have been thinking about this more in terms of who is going to enjoy this book. And so I am going to say that I think The Villa is a five star book. I thought it was really good, really better than most of these books that I read last year. Kind of nice to start the year this way. So what does a five-star book mean? Well, to me, that means it's a book that isn't just a good book, but it's a great book. It's well-written. The total is greater than the sum of its parts. To me, that's a five-star book. A three-star book, if you remember, is one where I think you would enjoy that book if you like either that author or the genre. If you get a four-star rating, then I think it's a book that kind of rises above the genre like even if you're not a big fan of the female thrillers if you hate female thrillers you probably won't like this book but if female thrillers aren't your thing i think you could still read this and enjoy it that and like i said that would be kind of the four star but i i give this a five star rating i thought it was really good i thought it was smart probably the aspect that i enjoyed the most from it was that the entire book everything that happened in the book pushed the story forward My rating is a five star. My recommendation, I think this is a great book to start the year with. Hawkins is a, 
obviously a fantastic writer. I'm going to search out uh, some more of her novels and take a look at those. So my recommendation is that you do the same. This is Steve Center, Lonely Guy with a Book.